Tonight on the Fanatic Forum, we peel back the layers that is Glass Onion, a new Knives Out mystery that is currently streaming on Netflix. Plus, of course, we've got some geek news, new loot, and of course, new comics. But first, it is a new day. Yes, it is. Now, play the Fanatic's music. Everybody, happy Friday and welcome to the Fanatic Forum. I'm your Fanatic and host, George Bueller, and a very happy new year to everyone out there. Uh, of course, yeah, it's a it's a new year. Hopefully, uh, things are going well for everybody so far. We're only uh, a few days into it, so <laughs> hopefully no major crises just yet. Uh, and if he's watching, happy birthday to my pop. Uh, he celebrated yesterday, but I know he watches the show sometimes, so happy birthday to you. So hopefully everybody's having a good one out there so far or having a good week and everything like that. So we've got some uh, fun stuff to talk about today. Of course, we're, our main focus will be Glass Onion, which is currently streaming on Netflix. This is a Knives Out mystery. Uh, I've already seen this twice since it got released last week, and it is killer. I absolutely love it. Uh, so we'll we'll, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit, uh, what I liked about it, a little maybe some little did you know trivia and all that sort of thing on there. Uh, of course, we got a lot of new comics to talk about. Uh, I've got some new swag to show off here and kind of give you guys a little tip for any uh, G.I. Joe fans out there. Uh, plus, we got some geek news to talk about. So let's talk about the big thing, top of the show here for any wrestling fans. You know what I'm talking about. Vinny Mac is coming back. Uh, we thought he was gone, but apparently Vince McMahon has uh, muscled his way back into the WWE. Uh, he is apparently trying to get back on the board to be the you know head of the board of directors, to be the chairman. Uh, so an order apparently they're getting... The company is getting very serious about a potential buyout. There's been a lot of rumors about that over the last, I don't know, five years or so. Uh, the NBC Universal merger, uh, that's, you know, Nick Khan coming on. There's been a lot more, you know, fuel to the rumor fire, so to speak. Uh, but, yeah, this one's a big one here. Vince coming back here despite all the allegations and investigations that have been going on. Yeah, he's, he's back. Now, apparently what uh, there was a big employee, you know, everybody meeting that took place uh, earlier today. Uh, the reports from that are basically that it's going to be kind of business as usual as it's been recently where Triple H has been in charge creatively. Uh, most of the new management that's been put in place is staying there. Vince's purposes are really only going to be the boardroom behind the scenes, helping a transition to get to a potential buyer, so to speak. Uh, not so much in a creative aspect or anything like that. So we'll see. We'll see how that all turns out, but yeah, it was a big shock to kind of, you know, we, there was kind of that little, you know, nugget of, you know, little, little rumor ripple there. We heard a couple of weeks ago that possibly Vince was trying to weasel his way back in, uh, but yeah, there he is. So he, he is back. So uh, hopefully this doesn't affect current uh, creative that's going on on television because 
they're kind of doing kind of a, a little bit of repair work, uh, bringing a lot of people back that got fired that maybe shouldn't have been. So things have been getting better on TV. And so I kind of hope this trend kind of stays that way. And, you know, Triple H is still in charge. So we'll see. We'll see. Anywho, so uh, in movie news, uh, a first look trailer has come out for Evil Dead Rise, which comes out in May. Uh, this is an awesome looking sequel, uh, that, if that trailer says anything. Uh, but it's very unique in the fact that uh, this is an Evil Dead movie that will not take place in the woods. <laughs> no cabin in the woods sort of thing like that. Uh, and also, there is no Ash Williams. Uh, no Bruce Campbell. I'm not sure the young lady who played... Ash in the uh, the remake, which actually was halfway decent. I enjoyed it. Uh, but yeah, so this is kind of a new sequel. Uh, it is being produced by Rob Tapert, who of course has you know been with the Evil Dead franchise uh, from the beginning, just like Sam Raimi has. Uh, but yeah, so it's kind of an interesting take on things here. You know, you, you know, the Necronomicon somehow gets in the hands of a young man who brings it home to this apartment complex, and apparently. Uh, someone gets possessed, and now we've got apparently you know some family members kind of protecting themselves from, I guess, maybe the mother or a sister or someone those lines who's been possessed. But yeah, very creepy stuff. Really good looking to it. So yeah, I, yeah, I'm willing to check that one out in April there. But a lot of a lot of big horror movies coming out this year. So horror fans might get some love this year. So there you go. Uh, so want to show off some new loot for you guys. First off. Uh, any Funko Pop fans, uh, this is a little FYI for you. So pick this guy up uh, not too long ago. Another Walgreens exclusive, but for X-Men fans here, one of my favorites from the 80s, Long Shot. He's got his little blinky eye there. He's got some knives in his hands, I think. So very cute little dude here. But yeah, so this is a Walgreens exclusive. Uh, there's a bunch of X-Men. I saw uh, a Nightcrawler that's kind of looked like he's in a swashbuckling gear. Uh, trying to think who else. There are several X-Men. Uh, that are kind of the new wave or whatnot. Uh, that's the Walgreens exclusives uh, that aren't listed on the back of the box here. So, anywho, but yeah. So, get you any long shot fans out there, get your buddy today there. And also uh, a GameStop exclusive for GI Joe fans out here. Uh, there's a really cool mystery box um, that is out right now that uh, features all the great Hector Guerrero arts from back in the day there. So, Love that stuff there. Um, anywho, so inside the box, uh, there's some kind of usual tchotchkes in there. You get, uh, I think, uh, let's see. I'm sorry, I got some of these things in here. Oh, yeah. So you get this little mini poster here, which is kind of like a little Funko art. Uh, you get a lanyard that has Snake Eyes' foul card on here. It looks like he's a little, little Funko Eyes there. But on the back, oh, look, he's a little rubber... Rubber Snake Eyes there. So you get a G.I. Joe Funko lanyard. Uh, you also get a G.I. Joe sticker. Uh, there's a, a G.I. Joe dog tag, but that's in my car hanging from my windshield. Uh, and also you get your G.I. Joe official membership card. But the big thing in there is you get an exclusive pop. Now, I'm not sure if it's the same swag, the same pop through all the boxes or not, uh, but this is who I got here. You uh, 90s uh, variant fans are going to love this one here. Prophet Director Destro, or as we G.I. Joe fans really know him as, Pimp Destro. That's right. In the 90s, for whatever reason, this variant Destro figure came out where instead of his usual black and red garb, he's dressed in this like purple sort of you know jumpsuit thing with this big cape that has like leopard print 
on the cuffs, you're on the shoulders of it. I, I don't know why. Uh, the silver mask turned gold. He's got sunglasses and whatever else. So it was a really weird distro that came out just, again, for no reason. Just here's a repaint, and then somebody just had a wild time with it here. Uh, but someone, of course, uh, for the G.I. Joe classified figures, they've re-released Profit Director Destro, and they've done a little bit of variations on here. I love the burning stack of cash in his hand. And, of course, he does have his gold briefcase there, which is carrying weapons or more money or God knows whatever else. So there you go. So for GameStop uh, exclusive there, not too bad. I, I enjoyed that. So, yeah, G.I. Joe fans, if you want, go to GameStop there. You get your Funko swag. Uh, and your <laughs> Destro figure. So there you go. Lots of fun stuff there. All right. So got some new books to show off here. And this is some good stuff here this week. Um, kind of a light week. Uh, you know, Marvel DC didn't have a lot going on. Uh, but there's some really strong independents this week. So I'm going to share those with you guys here. Uh, let's see. First off, let's get to our Marvel stuff here. All right, so uh, again, not a big surprise here. I've been talking about how much I've enjoyed this series, but Jason Aaron's current Avengers Assemble uh, miniseries been going on here, which is, of course, you know, singling the end of his run. Uh, but this issue was awesome. It's just been all-out war uh, from the beginning, but there's some really, really cool conflicts uh, towards the end of this issue. Uh, but then, uh, you know, we're getting... I'm saying more than halfway through the Avengers Assemble storyline, and uh, you, we get a bit of a surprise at the end here. So our our, our big bed, uh, um, basically master or ultimate doom or whatever else, drops a bit of a bombshell. Uh, of course, the Avengers are not entirely aware of this, but the reader is. So, yeah, there's more trouble to come. Just when we think we've maybe beaten most everybody, yeah, there's more to come. So uh, Next up here. Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty, number eight. I've just absolutely loved this series here. Uh, Kelly and Lansing uh, are, it's, uh, was it? trying to get the proper names here for everybody. Uh, Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly uh, are the uh, writers on this. And then Carmen Canero uh, is the main artist on here. Really awesome stuff, just because uh, it's been really kind of, you know, a throwback to the, more espionage, uh, Captain America, a lot of conspiracy stuff going on, of course, with the Outer Circle being the villains in this. Uh, and basically, as we ended the previous issue, we had our, you know, you know, kind of our master plan that Captain America and the rest of his group was, you know, you know, we're, we're, we're ready to, you know, take these guys out. We've got our plan in place. You know, we've got the perfect thing going here. And then what happens is that, Captain America wakes up days later after what should have been their first strike, and he's somehow in Kansas when he should have been in New York, and now New York has been sealed off by some weird force field. So next issue comes in here is like, all right, we got to put our pieces together here. How did this all happen? So we employ Emma Frost, and we have ourselves a new MODOK variation that may be to blame for this. So first appearance in here could potentially be a key issue here, so keep tabs on that one. Next one up here, Fantastic Four number three, uh, Ryan North and uh, Carmen Canelo, Coelho, I think it's, yeah. Uh, absolutely have been really enjoying this run here. A nice kind of throwback to some of the fun mystery and discovery of uh, the Fantastic Four. You know, is, you know, of course, in this case here, there's the whole mystery of what happened to the Fantastic Four 
What happened to the Baxter building? Why is it a big smoking crater in New York? Why is the group split up? And there's so many, so many questions here. So we found out what happened to Ben and Alicia. Issue two, we find out what happened to Reed and Sue. Well, finally, here's issue three. What happened to Johnny? What's he been up to since all this? Uh, and then, of course, you, you know, issue four is going to get the band all back together again because something's wrong with Ben. And it may all be related to the accident that took away the Baxter building and has made a big smoking crater in New York. So, again, really enjoy the nice throwback to the whole kind of fun and mystery of old school Fantastic Four. Plus, these Alex Ross covers are amazing. You know, so just, yeah, you can't go wrong with that stuff. Uh, last Marvel pick here, uh, Ryan North's Secret Invasion sequel here. Absolutely been enjoying this one as well. Um, and just a great, again, espionage series on here. Uh, issue three, Tony's got a big secret. Uh, of course, there's, you know, another scroll sort of invasion here. Uh, you know, there's kind of a new way that basically they're kind of avoiding detection again, like in the original secret invasion, but this one's not, doesn't have so much the religious fanaticism sort of thing. We don't even know really why the invasion necessarily is happening. But there's something weird going on here. Maria Hill's kind of our main protagonist on here, but she's teamed up with Tony Stark and a few other heroes. Uh, but again, Tony's got a big secret here, and Maria doesn't necessarily like what's going on here. Uh, but yeah, so again, just some very interesting stuff here. Uh, very reminiscent of the thing, because kind of the 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 tell-all for scroll detection has come down to a blood test. So, you know, basically that's kind of like every time Maria meets with somebody or has a conversation with somebody in person, you got to have that blood test first, make sure you're who you are. So, uh, <laughs> and a few people have, of course, tried to avoid detection, but she always seems to be getting around it so far here. But yeah, so very interesting sort of, you know, espionage mystery sort of uh, miniseries that is a sequel, of course, to the classic Secret Evasion that may or not be sort of what's kind of kicking off the TV series coming up later this year, which... Hopefully, we'll be getting an answer to when it's coming out. So we don't have a date just yet. All right. Uh, next up on the docket here, uh, only one selection from DC this week. Uh, There's a bit of an error from the distributors, whatever else. So I didn't get the new Batman issue, uh, which actually starts a new storyline. So hopefully, we'll be reading that in the very near future. Probably, I would assume, next week because we haven't got already in the shop just yet. But uh, apparently, we weren't alone. Uh, there was some sort of error going on. So I don't know. Maybe it'll be coming out a week late. Uh, yeah, so I'm very excited about reading this new Batman storyline, but so we'll, we'll get to that next week, hopefully. But the other DC book I did pick up this week is the new issue of Dark Knights of Steel. This is 9 of 12. Uh, of course, we're getting pretty close to the end here. Tom Taylor, once again, playing in the DC sandbox. This time, uh, we're in the Middle Ages, uh, classic kind of, uh, you know, fantasy sort of thing here. Uh, but it's all of our favorite DC heroes and villains in this sort of setting. But we have essentially three kingdoms at war going on here. The Amazons, the Kingdom of El, which of course is Superman's family, uh, and the uh, family led formerly by uh, 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 Black Lightning. But uh, since his demise, uh, now his daughters have taken over. Uh, and yeah, again, so, but of course, this is all being manipulated by an outer hand. We kind of find out who that is, uh, and maybe gets a little more help coming up here. So, uh, but yeah, there's some really cool reveals in this particular issue, but I've absolutely enjoyed this miniseries. Uh, DC's been kind of killing it, again, with some of these, you know, little 
self-contained miniseries here of you know Dark Knights of Steel, DC versus Vampires, and of course the uh, uh, the deceased series. I've enjoyed those. So yeah, lots of fun stuff on there. All right, moving on to our independents here. Got some really strong ones here. Of course, been talking about uh, this season, uh, this series, almost <laughs> of the season, uh, this series here uh, from the beginning here. But the approach by Jeremy Hahn and Jason Hurley, uh, with uh, some inking by Jesus Hervas. This has been an amazing, amazing book here. Uh, this is essentially the thing in kind of a small Colorado airport that's been snowed in. Uh, and so, yeah, basically we've got a, a flight that has to uh, make an emergency landing here because of the weather. The airport's not really prepared for it. They're not a big airline, but it's, you know, they're, they're somewhat prepared, but not entirely prepared. But while they're getting all those people in, a second small plane comes in with a pilot. And as soon as the pilot lands, he starts kind of going a little weird and kind of eventually starts turning into this thing. Uh, and it's been going around picking off people left and right. So this is mostly a four-issue or four or five-issue miniseries here. Uh, but this has just been playing out like a movie. So this would be the part of the movie where the body count starts getting real high because someone gets an idea like, oh, hey, we're going to gang up on this thing and take it out. <laughs> so, yeah, this, this is the high. There's been lots of people getting off by this thing uh, throughout the first couple of issues, but this has been my favorite issue of the series so far. So anybody who loves their big monster horror movies, uh, this would be your favorite part of the book right now because of that. So yeah, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this series so far. So highly recommend picking that one up. Um, a couple of debuts this week here. Um, both, in, well, let's see, one from Boom here. Uh, of course, again, I've been loving Boom stuff. And the other one from A Blaze. So we'll start with Boom here since we talked about uh, Approach first. This is Mosley coming out from Rob Gilroy and Sam Lofty. This is a really cool series. Really enjoyed this. Um, best way to kind of sum this up so far from what we've seen the first issue, uh, Black Paul Bunyan, who's mad at technology. And then the intervention of the gods show up and we get ourselves a big hammer. So pretty cool setup so far. Love the artwork in this here. Really cool and good, really good stuff here. So, uh, but yeah, just thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy kind of where we leave ourselves in the uh, by the end of this first issue here. So, yeah, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy this. So, uh, Tommy and Caldwin Comics recommended it to me and said it was right up my alley. And yeah, he was dead on about that. So, uh, another one that everybody at Clobberin loves this week here is Children of the Black Sun. Uh, and this can only be described as kind of like a different take on Village of the Damned, where we've got a mystery black sun that rises one day, everybody freaks out, uh, and there's some children who are born under this black sun, and they kind of look like they're pale red eyes, white hair, kind of albino sort of look there. And then and the black sun rises again a few years later, more freakouts, more death and you know mayhem and chaos and destruction. More children are born. So now we've got two generations born under the Black Sun. And apparently the older generation has figured out what their special abilities are, what makes them unique, and apparently are now uh, 
instructing the younger generation about this. So we've got basically like two kids, you know, from the earlier generation and two kids from the new generation who quite aren't sure where their place in the world is, what their whole thing is about it. But definitely has a nice creepy atmospheric sort of look to it. Let me show off the art. Ooh, I'm already dropping books here. Let <laughs> me show off the art uh, in this one here. So, yeah. Just some nice kind of just weird looking stuff. So, yeah, really enjoy this. So, uh, you know, again, this one kind of you know, had a lot of buzz to it uh, before it was released. So I was, you know, like, all right, let, let's check this out. Let's give it a look-see. So uh, very excited about where that book is going. So, yeah, so you, you're, you may hear some more about that <laughs> on the show here. Anywho, we are going to take a short break uh, from in launch some of our sponsors here. But we'll be right back, and we're going to peel back glass onion. So stay tuned. Comic Books for Kids provides comic books to kids in hospitals and cancer centers across the U.S. It's a place where we can all work together to make sure every child has a comic book. 100% of all proceeds go towards the kids. It's about making a difference, and while they're in the hospital, allowing them to fly like a superhero, battle dragons, or rescue teddy bears. We are in every state in the country and now support over 160 hospitals. Every month, we add more. Visit CB4K.org. The Multiverse Fundraiser is a virtual fandom jamboree and a charity fundraiser all rolled into one package. We're not just raising funds for a good cause. We're raising fun. Our 2023 events will be supporting the John Ritter Foundation for Aortic Health, which exists to spread awareness of aortic health and prevent unnecessary suffering through genetic research, widespread education, and radical advocacy. Our fundraiser combines celebrity panels, fandom-based panels, indie creators, and all of the fun of a virtual con for free. There's a little something for everyone while we support a cause close to our heart. Join us on January 20th through 22nd along with celebrity guests Amy Yazbek, Jason Bear, Chris Gaucher, Victor Garber, William Catt, Cress Williams, Beth Broderick, Armin Shimmerman, Guy Gilchrist, Carrie Schaefer, Brian Hull, Amy Carrero, Jennifer Cody, and Joyce DeWitt. All right, welcome back, everybody. Oh, and good, good to see you on the, uh, Keisha, I just saw your comments up here. So good to see you, my dear. Uh, so yeah, just to let you guys know, Multiverse Fundraiser is coming up very soon, uh, January 20th through the 22nd. Uh, on January 20th, that's the Friday of it, uh, Fanatic 4 will be coming to you at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so a couple hours earlier, but that's for good reason, because we got all these other different panels and stuff coming up, all there are exciting guests. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, being, I'm not necessarily moderating, but I'm kind of doing the work on the buttons behind the scenes on the Crest William, uh, Williams and William Cat uh, interview. So looking very forward to that. So yeah, looking good, going to be good stuff here. Yeah, so very exciting. And of course, always for a good cause for the John Ritter Aortic Health Foundation. So yeah. You know, hopefully everybody can, uh, of course, the other, you can make, I think you can make different donations. And when you do, there's different levels and you get like different things or you're putting the drawings for different prizes and whatnot, or there'd be different prizes auctioned off as well. So yeah, lots of cool memorabilia, uh, some signed stuff, I believe. So yeah, just lots of neat stuff. And of course you're helping a good cause and it's all geek fun and you don't have to leave your house. That's the best part. 
you're you're right here the whole time. You know, you can you can you don't even have to wear clothes you know, if you don't want to. So you just watch on there, you know, you you, you bid on things, you, you donate, yeah, all good things here. So all right. This week we are talking about a little popular movie on Netflix this week, Glass Onion, a knives out sequel, uh, or mystery. Uh absolutely enjoyed this here from director Ryan Johnson. Uh, and just yeah. A great ensemble cast, a fun Agatha Christie-esque mystery. Uh, so we will definitely break down, talk about that. Uh, so, yeah, I, again, just I've really, you know, I, I, I really enjoy the first Knives Out. Um, I, I can kind of see the, you know, Ryan Johnson's been kind of coming out of the press saying, like, he really didn't want them to, you know, step on the Knives Out uh, you know, brand on the, you know, the movie saying let's you know leave them independently, sort of you know whatever else. So I, I can see, definitely see the merit in that, but of course uh, I'm sure the studio is more along the lines of like let's brand this thing so people know what they're watching. I, I can see I can see both sides of the arguments here, but nonetheless uh, they are standalone mysteries. So the nice thing is as long as you know that Daniel Craig's character is Benoit Blanc, he's the world's greatest detective. That's all you need to know. So that's that's kind of the fun thing about it. You can everybody can kind of jump in, you know, fresh on this one here, because uh, of course the first you know film had a great ensemble cast, but the cast doesn't necessarily repeat. So you know, just you know, just you know, <laughs> Benoit himself. Uh, we get a lot of fun celebrity cameos in here. Hugh Grant, who maybe I guess is Benoit's either boyfriend or just flatmate. I'm not sure what. Uh, but then we get. Uh, Stephen Sondheim, you know, makes an appearance, and we would get like this nice little foursome when they're, uh, I forget the game is, they, they're playing in the bathtub. Uh, but basically, you've got him doing a, a Zoom meeting while he's sitting in the bathtub playing this video game with Stephen Sondheim, Angela Lansbury, Natasha Leone, and uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. <laughs> just w what a combination of people. That's just absolutely fantastic. Uh, and, you know, Initially, I was like, well, why is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar here? I had no idea. And then uh, I was informed recently that uh, Kareem has, since you know his basketball career has ended, has gotten to be a, quite a mystery writer and actually wrote several episodes of the Veronica Mars series. I was this many years old when I found out about this. So, yeah, so I was really surprised by that. So uh, there you go. <laughs> mystery solved on that one. Uh, of course, everybody else sort of makes sense in the also in some way, shape, or form. Of course, Angela Lansbury needs no introduction. Stephen Sondheim, maybe Benoit's, you know, uh, you know, a show tunes fan, or you know, I mean, you know, Sondheim's done some, you know, absolutely classic stuff. You know, written some great music and musicals. You know, maybe maybe there's that. Uh, Natasha Leone makes more sense recently because she's got a couple of different, uh, you know, she's done kind of some, you know mystery stuff before but she's got a new detective series i think it's on peacock or coming out later on uh streaming so she's been kind of getting into detective stuff as well so that all makes sense too uh and of course uh a little bit fast forward we uh, get to uh meet kate uh, uh oh kate hudson's character birdie j uh, having this big fancy party at her place when of course everything's supposed to be in quarantine because it's 2020 and everybody's wearing masks sort of thing like that and Hey, Yo-Yo Ma's there hanging out, you know, offering some help with a little puzzle box. So, yeah, <laughs> so just those fun little celebrity cameos in there. And maybe there's also a few we didn't know about. Uh, if you, of course, seen the film, uh, when we get to the uh, Greek island that uh, Miles owns, 
there's this hourly dong that keeps happening. I guess to, you know, of course, you know, kind of like a chime sort of thing like that, or you know, you know, bells of a church, whatever else. But he has this composed by Philip Glass. Okay. Uh, what you may not have known is the voice of the dong is Joseph Gordon Levitt. There you go. So that was a fun little tidbit there. I found that out. Uh, of course, the, Ryan and Joseph has previously worked together on Ryan's first film, Brick, which if anyone's not seen Brick, I highly recommend you all checking this out. Another great mystery kind of giving us an early precursor really where Ryan's possibly his heart is when it comes to filmmaking and doing movies uh, are these little, you know, in you know very unique mysteries uh, and give you kind of a low up down on Brick. It is kind of a murder mystery. Uh, missing person sort of uh, mystery type of film, but it is basically kind of a film noir, very classic kind of Dashiell Hammett sort of feel to the mystery, to the language spoken by the people, the slang that's used, everything like that, except it takes place in a modern day Southern California high school. All the principals are high school age kids the villain's kind of a high school age kid, maybe a little, excuse me, a little older maybe, but nonetheless. But yeah, just a very unique sort of layout with also this kind of just classic 40s noir motif laid on top of it. Uh, but very stylistic film, but wonderful to check out. So uh, yeah, highly recommend checking that out if you like the Knives Out movies here. So uh, but back to Glass Onion here. So really enjoy kind of the intricacy of you know, first we get, you know, all our principals gathered together, our disruptors, as uh, they're called, get them all to the island, you know, and then we're like, oh, here's the murder mystery that's going to happen here. But, you know, in just a hilarious scene, Benoit just busts the whole mystery out. You know, it's like, oh, it's, you know, it was Birdie and she's going to use the crossbow and it's because of the diamond and yeah, yeah, it's all over. <laughs> so, you know, it, you know, and Edward Norton's character is absolutely defeated, you know, and so, you know, we're kind of left this like, okay, what's, what else is going to go on? And of course, we get to the party, and Dave Bautista's character of Duke, uh, you know, basically starts choking, and you end up finding out that it was the allergic reaction, take two, an allergic reaction to pineapple juice uh, that was put in his drink. So, yeah, of course, I'm, I'm jumping ahead a little bit there, of course, but yeah, so you get kind of this more intricate mystery here. And then, of course, you get the mystery of Andy and Helen, uh, basically both essentially played by Janelle Monet. which can we take a moment? We have, you know, some really good performances throughout the film. Of course, you know, you know Daniel Craig kills it again, but Janelle Monet definitely steals the show. I mean, she was just pulling a bit of double duty here, by the way, you know, playing essentially the, sister, the, the the first sister, Andy, and then playing Helen, who's kind of much different than Andy, but then now Helen has to play Andy. So one, again, layering on top of the other here. If we see a pattern going on. <laughs> yeah, it's just, again, just thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy that. Uh, but we, of course, get to the much larger mystery of essentially what Miles has been up to, and the way, of course, we get to the end of the film where, you know, Benoit breaks that down, and just the whole genius of it, and then, of course, you know, busting in on all these, like, stupid made-up words that Miles keeps using throughout the film when we meet, you know, once we get to the island and meet him here, which is, they sound big and fancy, but it's really, it's all just BS, 
<laughs> That's just absolutely my favorite part of the film here. So, <laughs> uh, but just, you know, again, just thoroughly enjoyed this course. We get this wonderful, great, you know, list of stars, you know, Catherine Hahn coming in here, Leslie Odom Jr. Uh, of course, you know, like I said, you know, Batista, uh, you know, Kate Hudson, yeah, you know, thoroughly, but uh, Jessica, uh, oh gosh, can't think of it. Uh, Jessica Henwick. Uh, coming in as Birdie's assistant. Uh, yeah. Great performance from her, too. So she's had a, herself a good year with Prey earlier in the year. So, yeah. Yeah, some very good stuff here. A lot of good future of that young lady. So, uh, yeah. So, again, you know, just the photography, everything. Really just, you know, again, I, I just can't say enough good things about Glass Onion here. Um, I'm very curious, though, if anyone else, you know, what your thoughts on on this are, you know, any sort of you know input, whether even you you know didn't like the film whatsoever. I you know so far anyone I've spoken to has spoken highly of it, so that's you know that's a good thing there. Uh, and of course, what I've you know recently read is uh, that Ryan Johnson has contracted with Netflix to do two more sequels to this. Uh, I like the kind of naming convention. Of course, you know, bringing in you know Knives Out's a Radiohead song, Glass Onion. You know, it's Beatles that needs no introduction as well. So I'm curious what the next titles are going to be here and what it all has to do with the film itself and, you know, many other metaphors and everything. But, yeah, again, you know, I, I, I don't want to dig, you know, too terribly much into it in case, you know, you all haven't seen this here. But it's just, you know, a wonderfully layered classic mystery here. Definitely lots of nods to Agatha Christie and the her style of, Ensemble mysteries, lots of layers, a master detective foiling all the things here. So, yeah, thoroughly enjoy this. Definitely go watch this if you haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it, if you've seen it once already, watch it again. So, <laughs> all, all those views and clicks are good for it, you know, and for the future of other movies again. So, there you are. All right. So, I think that about wraps things up so far here. So, uh, again, Highly recommend checking this out. Go watch Brick, Ryan's first film, if you haven't seen that one. Uh, and lots of other good stuff has popped up on streaming that, uh, uh, you know, previously, if you know, was in theaters earlier or later in the year. Uh, so the Invitation's now streaming, the menu. So if you're, you know, again, horror fans here. So uh, the Invitation's, uh, assume it from what's on the trailer, a vampire hunter or vampire film. And the menu is... Uh, a lot of you know upper crust people going to a fancy exclusive dinner and maybe they are on the menu so i don't know i've heard some good things heard it's very clever so i'm looking forward to checking that one out too so uh of course i want to know what you guys are looking forward to what you all are watching and you know checking out or whatever else so let me know i will see you guys next time on the fanatic forum you all have yourselves a wonderful week take care everybody bye-bye